Pastor Chuck Swindoll says a leader must have a clear recognition of the needs. And in order for us to see things clear, we need to ask questions and get insight as we humble ourselves. We need to get God's perspective and the perspective of others on our team. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, James 119 verses 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Well, this is a convicting way to start, isn't it? (laughs) In a world that seems to elevate opinions and saying something, things like social media, news, relationships, everyone is fighting to just speak and and fill the, the atmosphere with noise. People are so quick to speak from their viewpoint and argue. They're not slow to speak. No, they're not listening. But the Bible tells us to be listeners to be a listening people and that there is great fruit as we listen as church leaders. In fact, one of the ways we can serve and bless people is by simply listening. Have you ever uh, been blessed by this gift? Maybe a friend listening to you? Man, I know it's really blessed me to have someone that I can just talk to and listen to me, even when I vent or have wrong opinions. And in turn, I've been uh, in so many conversations where, you know, it's a pastoral conversation and they want to get my advice and really the people just talk and I just listen and I listen and I listen and hardly say anything. And at the end of the conversation, it could be a 30 minute conversation. They say, "Wow, you were just so helpful. You just did a great job. Thanks for so much for the counsel. And honestly, I just listened. You see, I've had some of the greatest conversation in ministry times when I have said very few words. And so today I want to talk to you about an important topic, the importance of asking questions, the importance of asking questions. Questions help us listen to others. They help gain wisdom and insight and asking questions can be an important part of how we lead if we let the questions if we ask the questions, if we allow them to help us to listen. Now, I bring this up because as we start the book of Nehemiah, we see him ask a question. Last episode, we talked about his context, how context matters to better help us understand his situation and our situation where we're in. But now we see Nehemiah asking questions to get clarity and context in his own life and learn from others. Now, verse two says this, I ask them, concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile and concerning Jerusalem. Now, at first, this doesn't even seem like a whole podcast, let alone a point, but it is. It's an important one. It's one we don't want to breeze over as a leader because most people don't ask. They don't even bother to ask questions. We saw his brother-in-law came from from Jerusalem, and you know what? I found that great friends in my life are the ones asking great questions and follow-up. Because it shows that he shows that you care. Nehemiah cared about this situation, so he took time to ask. Let me ask you a question. How are you doing with this? How are you doing asking people, can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? I've had some really encouraging people in my life do a great job of just following up by asking questions. Uh, during 2020, uh, during the pandemic, my wife and I got COVID and we were sick and we were out of it. The COVID fog is real. Now, thank God we didn't go to the hospital and everything was fine and our family's good. 
But I could just remember being in bed, being so encouraged by friends with their text, saying they're praying or ordering soup for us and just following up and saying, hey, how are you? What's going on? Uh, How are you doing today? You see, Nehemiah had it good as the cupbearer's king. As the king's cupbearer, he could uh, not care about those people, quote unquote. But he took time to show he cared about the people in Jerusalem by asking a question. Questions often do that. It's hard to care at sometimes and simply ask questions or to just look into a situation. But Nehemiah was taking the time to care, to look. And don't we see this? Often Jesus would say, uh, he who has ears, let him hear. Or, hey, having eyes, they do not see. Why? Because you can see and hear about something but not care. You, you can see something but not really see it. Or you could hear something but not really hear it. Think about the story of the Good Samaritan when Jesus would teach parables when he would say that. Verily, verily, I say to you, I say these things and the truth and listen. He who has ears, let him hear. He would show this parable of the Good Samaritan and they all saw the Samaritan beaten, but not all of them cared. They all saw this person beaten, but they didn't, only the Samaritan, this Good Samaritan stopped and, and, and really uh, cared and acted while these other people didn't. Oftentimes when we're asking questions to people, it shows that we care. Again, Chuck Swindoll says a leader must have a clear recognition of the needs. And listen, for you and I, in order for us to do this, have this clear recognition of needs, we have to ask questions. We have to listen. We have to look. We have to care and see how other people see it because we're not going to always see things the way that maybe we should see things. So we must grow in asking good questions, not just giving our opinions, being slow to speak and quick to listen. We must be uh, do this to care for people. How are you doing at looking? How are you doing at asking? Do you care about the situation? What do I mean by that is what we, what are the needs of your community, your church and others? Are you, are you, are you looking for these things? Are you asking people what they think? Sometimes people just don't care enough. And Nehemiah cared. It showed his good leadership, his character, his integrity. If we know, uh, if we know, then we're challenged to act. Think about it. Some of us, we drive by and in an intersection, we don't look at a homeless man in the eye because if we look at him, then maybe we'll have to give him some money. We don't want to act. We'll ignore things so we don't bother looking. Sometimes as leaders, we ignore things because we don't want to be bothered. Sometimes it's easier to ignore problems than to actually take the time to ask, to look, and to really care, to evaluate. Is this what we should be doing in 2020? What's the strategy? Hey, what do you guys think about this? What's your input? See, at times it's easier to talk than to listen. And we need to know this as leaders because we as leaders talk a lot. But great leaders, they ask great questions. I have a great leader in my life. He's always asked me this one question and it's so helpful for me. So much so I've implemented it and my team have said that I've started to ask this question. He just always says that at some point of our conversation, Daniel, how can I help? How can I help? You know, I learned a lot from him that he actually cares. I've, I've said, well, maybe you could help this way. And he said, okay, I could do it. Or you know what? I'm not able to do that. But he asked the question and it shows that he cares. I want to be a person that cares for people. 
I want to ask questions and show them that I care. But there's another reason why we don't ask questions, isn't there? Oftentimes we just don't ask questions or look at things like we should be doing as leaders because we're just so busy. You realize that it takes time to look at issues, to care for things, to engage. Proverbs 14, 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. Sure, there are great benefits of being prudent, but did you listen? Did you hear that? It takes time to ponder or to contemplate. It actually takes time to engage and to find out and to ask questions and to learn. As leaders, sometimes we just want to attack and just do something. We need to do the work of learning, of understanding the situation, of having what is the key issue. And if we find out new information, it may mean that we'll need to adjust our plan. And I don't know about you, but man, I like sticking to plans because they're efficient. That's why I think one of this problem of 2020 was so hard because we had gotten in a rut of just doing whatever we want to do, not depending on the Holy Spirit. We have to ask God, do you want me to do this today? What do you want me to teach? How do you want me to lead? I had to learn this at a very uh, young age uh, that sometimes interruptions are from God and they actually help me. It was a humbling experience and failure of mine, but I actually got upset when people came to my office working at a church building. You see, when I went to my office, I needed to study so I can minister to people. And when these people came in with problems, that was a problem because I was trying to minister to people. And God had to realize and really show me, uh, hello, dummy. (laughs) Uh, He didn't say that, but that's how I felt. Geez, like, dude, you're so concerned about ministering to people. I'm bringing you people to minister to. Do that. Don't rely on your plans. Rely on me. The Bible tells us that there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. We're to walk in wisdom, knowledge applied. It's not just knowing about a whole bunch of stuff. Many times we have so many good intentions, but the systems or saying yes too much causes us to be so busy that we're saying no to other things that God has called us to. We first have to gather knowledge before we apply it. So we need to take time to ask questions, to learn, to not be stuck in our plan and trust in our plan, but trust in the Lord. You know, Proverbs 14, 18, that chapter goes on and says the simple inherit folly, but the prudent will be crowned with knowledge. We'll gain a lot of wisdom and insight when we start asking questions as leaders, not just assuming, not just being so busy and just having our own way, but we need to slow down as leaders, take the time to make sure we are in the right path, doing the right thing. You know, there's power in processing and praying through your priorities. One of the benefits of New Year's resolutions are is that you evaluate. And the word of God tells us to evaluate as leaders. Questions help us evaluate. Where am I going? How should I do this? What's your opinion? Jeremiah 6, 16 says, Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. Don't you need some rest? You know, oftentimes we're running around like a chicken chicken's head cut off and just going all million miles rather than resting in our soul, relying on Jesus, going in prayer and asking him for wisdom, getting godly counsel and taking the time to evaluate, not rushing through life. We should be asking God in prayer and asking others in humility what to do, how to do it, evaluate. When we ask people questions, we help them and we help us in processing a situation. And it shows wisdom Great wisdom to ask questions. Nehemiah was asking, what's going on? 
I know I have a plan. I got to go to work. I'm a cupbearer. All this different stuff's going on. But what what what's happening in your world? What's your perspective? Where's the need at right now? And Nehemiah's about to get a clear, different direction for his life because he asked a question. It's important for our souls that we're taking time that we need to think, to ponder, to pray, to ask. Some of my best ideas have come when I'm on my Sabbath. When I'm just resting, when I'm pondering, contemplating, being in God's presence, and God just gives me revelation. He really ministers to me. It's crazy when I slow down and just recognize what God is doing, I'm able to walk in wisdom, and I need this. I'm not wise enough, I'm not strong enough, and neither are you. You don't have all the answers, leader, but you don't need to. You just need to listen to the Lord and obey. And God uses people to give you insight and wisdom and to help you. Meditation and reflection, they seem like a lost art in our fast-paced society. And I don't say this in a judgmental way. I say this for me. This is something I wanted to work on and learn over my sabbatical, which I took over the summer, of slowing down. I found myself being in such a rush, planning so much, being in control. I had to work on this as a spiritual discipline. And I noticed this when I was watching an NBA uh, video. It's only a 60-second video. But it was in slow-mo. It's incredible. These athletes, they're phantom power. They have this phantom camera that does um, a slow-mo videos and just breaks everything down. Like probably like 240 frames per second, right? And it just slows this amazing dunk in slow-mo and just incredible. And I found myself on social media watching this and I would just scroll past it. It wasn't fast enough. It was the most incredible footage, incredible athlete, uh, all this different stuff. But it, because it was so slow... I missed it. It frustrated me. And I realized I have a problem. <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard for me to slow down, but I'm going to try to fix this. I need to relax. I need to rest in God. I need to ask better questions. We need to be more in the moment than just rushing through life. It's called living. That's something that I want to do. I want to live for God. I want to care about people. I want to love people. I want you to love people and care for them and ask questions. Be present in the moment. Learn. Be a better listener. It's a leadership principle that you need to learn and I need to learn. Something that God is teaching me and I want to teach you. What would it look like if you ask God to help you be more concerned with others like Philippians 2.4 says and just simply slow down and ask questions. Be in the moment. Be present. I believe great leaders ask great questions. They take the time to understand things Show they care. This is what Nehemiah is doing. He's asking questions. He's listening. He's loving people. And I think of the greatest leader of all we know, Jesus. Man, wasn't he a man of just asking questions? Didn't he make time for people? You think about the woman that touched him. He was on the way doing something that was so important, going to do a miracle. But a woman touched him and he stopped and had a conversation and said, Who touched me? Where, where is this going from? Where is my power coming from? He looked at her. Mark chapter 5 says. Or what about the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Do you remember that story in John chapter 4? Jesus talks to the woman at the well and his disciples were super shocked that he would go and minister and even talk to a woman there. But John 4 35 says, Look, I tell you, I lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Jesus said, Look, things are all around us. The Holy Spirit is moving. Are we looking? Are we seeing that the fields are are white for harvest because Nehemiah asked a question. He discovered a problem. 
Nehemiah verse 3 gives us the problem Nehemiah was facing. It says the remnant there in the providence who had survived the exile is great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire. He would have never known this information if he didn't ask about the people. And the, the information was people were in trouble. They were being shamed. They were vulnerable in Jerusalem over 800 miles away. And this truth, this problem really crushed Nehemiah. And this is yet another reason at times why we don't ask good questions because of pain. You see, brokenness is hard to deal with, but we can deal with it through Christ. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the Christian spirit. With God and his strength, we don't have to ignore the harsh realities of life. We can cry. We can pray. We don't have to shy away from not asking questions because of pain. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all our anxieties on him because he cares for you. Nehemiah took his pain to God, just like we can take our pain to God. Verse 4 tells us he went to God in prayer. As soon as I heard these words, he said, I sat down and wept and mourned for days and continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. He took his problem to God in prayer and asked God for help. And as we face leadership challenges, we need to go to God in prayer as well. And so let me just give you my final encouragement, thinking about the subject of asking questions. Let's keep asking people questions to find out their needs. And let's keep asking God for help. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, I think one thing as a leader and in our culture, listening is a lost art. Why do you think uh, it's so important to listen to others, especially as a leader? Like Nehemiah did, listening to these people coming back, uh, it was really important for him to see what was actually happening. Why is it important for us as leaders to uh, listen to others? Well, when you listen to others, that means that you value their opinions. Uh, You can learn a lot from people just by listening to them. Uh, People can teach you a lot just by listening to them. They see things from a different angle and they can put, and they can shed light on on the situation that you didn't see. So it is important to listen to people and to get their input because a lot of people really want to help. They really do. And I've learned a lot from people by listening because sometimes they'll say, well, have you ever thought about doing this this way? Have you ever thought about doing it that way? And I think, boy, that's, that's a good idea. <clears throat> if their idea is better than mine, I'll take their idea. If their idea is better than mine, you know, I don't care where it comes from, really. Then I'll listen to them. It seems to me that great leaders ask Great questions, right? Nehemiah asked that question. He got the information and he learned and grew from that. Why is it important for us as leaders to ask questions and um, learn from others? So not just listening, but what, like it seems like great leaders ask great questions. Why, why is it important to ask others questions that stir information for you to have? 
well, when when you ask the people questions, is you know, it lets people know you don't come across as knowing it all. You know, you want to ask questions to get a different take. You want to ask questions uh, to maybe get a better understanding. Someone else's input can really be beneficial. So you ask questions, and we all want to get better at what we do. And sometimes people can see things that uh, we don't see. So you ask people questions as to see uh, their point of view, and you take that to heart. A good leader will, you know, a Bible says a wise man will, a wise man will seek wisdom, and increase in learning. He will seek wisdom. Proverbs talks about that, and he will increase in learning because he's willing to listen. And we should be teachable, like I said, and we should learn from each other. No one has arrived here. We all still growing. We all still learning. And I just pray that we can be good listeners and. Uh, you know, I guess you got to have wisdom, too, when to listen, when not to. So you need a lot of good, uh, put prayer behind that and pray that God would show you when to listen and when not to listen because sometimes people can give you good advice and sometimes they can give you bad advice. So you got to be able to tell the difference. Yeah, you need some discernment because you need to listen not only to other people but what the Holy Spirit's telling you, too, yeah. and have him give that wisdom. So for you, over the years, what are some great questions or questions you found yourself asking other people that have benefited you? If I feel myself doing too much, I ask people for help. You know, I ask people to help me do this or help me do that. and Because uh, ministry is, is not just a Sunday only. Ministry is 24-7. And I, I think that's why so many guys get burnt out is because they don't ask for help. They don't ask from people there God has put people there to help you and you'll know who they are they always there they always trying to serve they always trying to do something to help um, you you can ask them questions and they could probably um, you could receive advice from them that could really be helpful from you so they're really there trying to help you and there are some people you know, they just come and go. But other people, you have, you'll have you have your faithful few, and they always there, and you know they got your back. You know they got your back. So feel free to, you know, ask questions to them, because they can really give you some good input if you listen. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we don't ask questions because of pride, right? We're proudful. We think we could do it all. We know it all. But other times, it's actually more of a practical thing. We don't ask questions because we don't have time. We're too busy. We're leaders. We're doing. right. We don't look like Nehemiah looked at the situation, yeah. cared for them, and took the time to ask the question. Yeah. So how have you over the years tried to slow down your schedule and ask questions? And whether that be questions of asking the Holy Spirit in prayer or asking other people, how have you tried to slow down your schedule and have that affect your leadership? Yeah, I've tried to slow down so I can listen because I found out over the years that you can be busy and still be distracted. Like Martha, uh, what was it? Yeah, Martha, I think it was. She was busy doing things. She was doing good things. She was doing great things. She was doing the work of God, but she was still distracted. I think sometimes we get so busy we don't listen. We, we get distracted. So if you could just focus, 
and delegate and you can just listen and yeah it's nothing wrong with ask, asking asking questions there's nothing wrong with that and now it's up to you if you want to take their advice you know or not that's up to you but there's nothing wrong with seeking other people's opinion I think it'll make you a better leader how have you seen being too busy or maybe even in a, ru- a hurry affect your leadership in a negative way uh, for example, when I'm in a rush and a busy, I brush people off or I'm trying to get to a service and get ready and prepared and stuff, uh, I tend to be not as loving. How how have you seen being too busy uh, or in a hurry affect your leadership in a negative way um, over the years? Well, you know, being too busy is always dangerous. Um, when you're too busy, you just, you don't have time to listen. You really don't. Well, you don't, I said you don't. You don't take time to listen when you're real busy. And when you're real busy, uh, you can be easily sidetracked. I mean, you don't you don't really hear from the Holy Spirit because you're so busy you don't hear. You're so distracted you don't hear. And there's nothing wrong with waiting on God, waiting on God's timing, also because. When you're waiting on God's time, and it's not wasted time at all. God is preparing you for what he has for you down the road. And, um, you know, we want to do things in God's own timing. uh, And his timing is not ours. He's not on our time schedule. So, slow down and, and try to also take time for yourself, for your families, uh, I know so many pastors out here in Washington State, they are, their marriages are falling apart because they are so busy. They minister to everybody under the sun except their families. And their kids are growing up bitter because their dad never took time for them. Their dad never took time for them or take them on vacations or do things with them. And um, they felt neglected and they're growing up bitter. So make sure that you take time for your families. Don't be too busy that you're going to ignore them because you're always going to have prob- problems in ministry. They're going to be there when you're dead and gone. They're still going to be there. But your families, they won't be there long. They're going to be grown and married and gone before you know it. And you don't want your kids to grow up saying, you know, my my dad had time for everybody else, but... You never had time for us. You don't want your kids to say that. So my my way of thinking is the ministry does not come before your family. I think it's God first, your wife and kids, then the ministry. I know a lot of pastors here disagree with that. They think the ministry is number one. The ministry is, you should, fo- you should focus all your time and effort in the ministry and your Wife and kids, they come last. But you know what? I've never agreed with that. I think that your ministry is not the first thing on your agenda. I think I think your ministry should be third or fourth. The Lord first, your wife and kids, and then the ministry. Then I think you have things in order. But if no things get out of order, then you run into problems. Let's talk about order. You said a couple of things I think is important because we are listening to people and Nehemiah listened to people, but I think it's important to listen to God, to listen to God for discernment when people are talking. 
And this, you threw around, around a phrase. I want to know what you, how would you define this? You said uh, we need to wait on God. What does waiting on God mean? How would you define waiting on God? Are you twirling your thumb? Are you taking a 24-hour silent retreat? What does waiting on God look like? Because I think first and foremost, we got to listen to him even when people are listening so that way we know, okay, this is of God or not of God. What does waiting on God mean to you? Well, you can wait on God and still be busy. You know, when people say they wait on God, it doesn't mean you just sit down and do nothing and just wait for the next 10 years. No. You can wait on God and still be busy, but you still uh, have an open ear and you're listening and you're paying attention. So if God speaks, you'll know it. But you don't want to just say, well, I'm waiting on God and just sit there and do nothing week in and week out. And I hear people say that, you know, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. And I've told people, well, you've been waiting 10 years. Why don't you get up and move forward and get busy? You know, they say, oh, you can drive a car. A, a car is easier to drive when it's moving. God can direct you when you're moving. Get up and move. Occupy until he comes. Get busy. And, and God can direct you as you go. But just don't stop serving, don't stop teaching, don't stop ministering. But you can always have an open ear that God could redirect your ministry, redirect your life. So it's important to listen to the voice of God because, like I said, it's going to be many changes in these last days. And for those who are flexible and can slow down enough to listen, I think God is really going to work through them. And I've found out over the years that God works in his own time, not my own. And just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean that it won't happen. Maybe it's just not God's time yet. And it's very hard even for me to make to to um, to wait for God's timing because I want to go ahead and start doing things myself. It doesn't work usually. But I'm going to wait for God's timing because his timing is always perfect and it seems like he's never in a hurry. It's always like, you know, one day with him was like a thousand years, right? A thousand years like a day. So he doesn't see as man sees. So a lot of things happen. We try to make them happen. No. But if we wait for God in his perfect timing, it's going to work out for his glory. Mm -hmm. And so we have the order of waiting on God, listening to God. And then listening to others, but the order of family, ministry, and then there's a lot of other things in life, whether it be being bivocational, working, whether it be hobbies, sports, hunting, um, just so many different things come up. How have you personally um, cut things in your life? Maybe some examples that you've cut that maybe you enjoyed that were okay, they weren't sin, but they just weren't effective. Because if the reality is if, try to cram everything in you're going to lose some stuff and what you were saying is if you cram in just ministry and neglect your family that's not right because you're supposed to minister to your family so what are some things that you have personally cut and see to slow down to not be as busy even though it wasn't sin to do it you just said hey i'm going to be more effective to slow down and do these things yeah i like to slow down so i can hear anytime i get too busy i'm distracted anytime but some things I've slowed down, you know, I'm not a big, you know, big TV fan and all that. Uh, I try to do, I try to slow down enough to have some 
relaxation, some fun. You know, ministry can be stressful. And you have to slow down enough to spend some time, take some time for yourself. Uh, when you see yourself getting tired and, you, you know, short, irritable, uh, get away from it for a while. You know, bring in a guest speaker. Um, let somebody just teach a couple of Sundays. Go on vacations and go out and do something you really enjoy. And when you come back, usually you come back stronger when you return to the pulpit. But if you find yourself getting tired, maybe you need a break. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. Let somebody just teach a Sunday so you can go um, take a week or two off and go on vacations and enjoy yourself someplace because you do need that time for relaxation because ministry is very draining sometimes. Last question when we talk about slowing down, asking questions, a big part of that is meditating and reflection, right? When we have space, we can meditate, we can reflect on things of God, of what people are saying. It seems to be a lost art. People are very quick to speak and slow to listen. And so in our fast-paced society, um, how, how would you encourage someone to just slow down and to meditate and reflect on God's Word and to really invest in relationships? How, what would you say to someone, encourage someone to really dive deep and to put this as a priority in their life? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, God's got to be the priority. Uh, if, if God is not first in your ministry, in your life, everything else is going to fall apart. When God is not priority, everything else is, is going to be out of order. Your whole life is going to be out of order. And we all have to wrestle with that because sometimes other things creep in. You know, they creep in and they try to take the place of God and they try to take your time here and there. But, you know, you can't do it all. You're only one person. And you have to know that, you know, other people are there to help you. So you're going to have to really just focus on what, what really is important. Uh, what has God called, you know, you to do? If it doesn't have any eternal value, uh, you know, probably it's not worth doing. As old saying goes, you know, this life shall soon pass, but the only thing that is done for Christ will last. Some things are not worth putting time into. Um, you know, counseling is... Uh, Probably, I probably do more marriage counseling than, well, most pastors probably do more marriage counseling than they do any other kind of counseling because marriages are being attacked. And I tell people, you know, I give them things to do, I give them advice, but if they don't want to take my advice, then at some point I have to say, you know, uh, obviously you're not listening to my advice, so I can't spend any more time if with you if you not going to listen to my advice because sometimes marriage counseling can take five years. It can go on and on and on and on. And if people are not going to listen to your counsel, sometimes it's best to say, you know what? I can't help you. You're not listening. You know, and try to help the people that will listen to your counsel because, you know, it's very draining to meet with people all the time and they still uh, refuse to listen to your counsel. It's very frustrating and it's very draining. So 
just something you have to pray about. I've been, I've been in ministry long enough now to know when people will listen when they won't. I know when they open for change when they're not. If they have a marital problem, I, I'll address the issue. I know right away because sometimes people, they get upset and they say they don't want to hear it, but I, I know who those people are. I know right away. And there are some people who will take your advice, but you got to know who they are and who they're not and don't spend a whole bunch of time on people who's not going to listen because it could take years. And I've done that before. I've counseled people five years and end of the day, they still did exactly what they wanted. But help the people that you can. Be open to God's spirit. And you know, I think the first thing you do is just spend that quiet time with him because God will direct you. And he works in each individual different, each ministry different, each church different. But if you spend that quality time with him, he has promised to direct your path. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.com.